Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. His name is David Luke Flatman, Commander of the Armies of the West, General of the Somerset Regions, Loyal Servant to the True Emperor, Thomas George Llewellyn Shanklin, Father to a noisy cat, husband to a vegan, and he will have a salad in this life or the next. It's time for Flats and Shanks. Can I just say I bloody love Guinness or, uh, or London Pride. It's my favourite drink of the lot. I cannot get enough of it. Cheers, everybody. Yes. He's, tu- he's turning into Andy Goode overnight. <laughs> he's got a bit of a paunch as well now, Shanks. He used to be a religious gym goer, and now he's, he's quite fat and very lazy, and it's showing. You are getting a bit fatter, aren't you? Jokes aside. Not at all, mate. Not at all. Uh, muscle weighs more than fat as well, right? Um, uh, but yeah, win the crowd, win your freedom. That's how I work, all right? <laughs> Michelle, our agent, is here as well, but she's trying to hide at the back. But we've made sure that she can't because I don't have a pint, and she needs to bring me one. So she has to come to the front, which she will hate. Uh, we're going to make that happen. Um, but if you want to do pictures and stuff with uh, the lads afterwards and get them to sign whatever you want, they're all selfies. Go for it. Um, do as many as you want. But we just ask that no one films or records it during. It's just one of those things, you know, if you've got Lawrence up here, it's going to go out anyway. Don't tell him who's coming, mate. But, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> of Arabia up here. Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne's here, ladies and gentlemen, straight from Hollywood. Um, um, Boys in the Hood was his best movie. I think you'll all agree. Um, uh, Morpheus. But it's, it's, one of, it's just one of those things. If someone does that with a phone, it just ruins it. So you can do it if you want, but all three of us are really good in a fight. So um, good luck to you. Yeah, we will find you and we will kill you. Um, yeah. Right, so um, this chap that we've got come in uh, was born in Shepherd's Bush. They know this already. but yeah. An Italian father and an Irish mother. Won the Sevens World Cup, won the Rugby World Cup. Um, one club for the whole of his career. 85 caps for England, barbarian, British and Irish lion. Please, I hope you can hear us, put your hands together, whoop, cheer, go mad for Lorenzo, Bruno, Nero, Nespresso, Carliccio, Peroni, <laughs> Delalio, OBE. Yeah. 
Have you got is. a drink, Lawrence? Excellent. That makes that makes Shanks and Lawrence have got drinks. Excellent. Don't worry about me. I mean, the best thing about this as well is when you do re-listen to it, which you will do, because, you know, we need the download numbers, yeah? Yeah, um, top 100 this week. I would have put some amazing music to that. Yeah, probably, I don't know, Bewitch, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you might not. Yeah. How you doing, Lol? I'm all right, thanks. It's, uh, hello, everyone. This uh, kind of feels like a sort of right-said Fred tribute band, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> do you know, actually, since you mentioned them... <laughs> bit of a worry, that, isn't it? Really? Get, I don't know... <laughs> Knowing you, Lawrence, I might not be the only person in the room who's done this, but I've actually had a jacuzzi with Right Said Fred. So what, what, I don't know what, if you have either. What should we start with? Our, our, our favourite one? Or yeah, our favourite yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> but I, I actually have had a hot tub with um, Right Said Fred and Frank Lampard, but that's for another night. Um, it was a great night. We got to know each other very well. Cheers, everyone. Very nice to see you. How are things going, Lawrence? I'm Cheers. good. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a massive week, isn't it? A very exciting week. So, yeah, good. Really good. Are you a busy man at the moment? Are you kind of flat out over the... Six Nations grafting and giving opinion and shit like that. Well, just um, you know, doing my research for the game tomorrow. Um, I was doing that at Cheltenham on Tuesday, which was <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Same yeah. sort of thing. Race horses, same cathedral, different choir. You know, usual yeah. stuff. But no, I was uh, had a big week at Cheltenham. Uh, well, big day. Didn't really start my week off terribly well, but I've been working very hard ever since. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we, we went to Cheltenham on Wednesday, didn't we? Yeah, um, it's quiet. It's good to be back. Yeah, it was amazing actually. Um, you clean up. No. Um, what, what Cheltenham has to offer, we did not see any of that. We literally went to one area at 11 o'clock in the morning and didn't come out till half eight. We didn't even go walking around the stadium. It was ladies' day as well. Um, flat stadium. W- he didn't even know. <laughs> he, he doesn't even know where he was. He doesn't even know where he was. Is that because you, you were in the green room? Didn't go walking you? around the pitch. Didn't even see the pitch. <laughs> the court. Didn't see the court once. Did you Tell me, tell me the truthfully now. Okay, yeah. Did you see a horse? No. Uh, <laughs> did not see one horse. <laughs> I didn't see a horse. Sad opposite of bloody fear. I know. Um, uh, I'm just joking. I'm completely joking. I am completely joking. Um, no, we did not see one horse. Watched all the, all the uh, horse racing on TVs. They had a little betting uh, corner which we went to. Um, but it was actually really good. It was you know it was a drinkathon. But yeah. I'm one of those. I one of those. But responsibly, all right. I followed. I fo- Austin Healy was there, and I followed him to the betting thing, and we'd all had a few drinks by this stage. And Austin was there and he was like, right, I'll have, I don't know what I'm talking about. I haven't read, I haven't looked at a single leaflet, haven't seen a horse, don't care. So I just went to the front and after Austin went, I just said to the lady, I'll have exactly what Austin had. And Austin's a show-off twat. So he's actually a very, very lovely man, but he's a massive show-off. So I just said, I'll have what he had. And you give your little card over and I realised that it was like 180 quid that I'd bet. As, as, as opposed to the, like, the £8.50 I was going to bet. Because I'm completely clueless. I don't what, do, you know, do you want to take she, a risk? She probably thought Austin was one of the jockeys, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of insider trading going do on. Do I know you, little fella? Um, anyway, so one, one of them, there were three bets within that 180 quid, which was a lot significantly more than I intended to bet. And one of them came in. I went each way and came in. And one of the people I was with had a special app that worked out exactly what I'd won. And from this portion of the bet, which was 80 quid... I'd won 960 quid. So this was like, this absolutely makes your day. We're like happy days, like 75% high knee sprint to the little tote thing. Pick it up. Turns out she was off by one zero. It's 96 quid. So it was, uh, it was a 16 pound profit and that was my only winner. So shit day, actually. Apart from, apart from obviously going to chat in a moment, what, what takes your time up in the week these days? Because I know you've got a, a charity, mm-hmm. which you do a lot of work for. You explain to us a little bit about that and how yeah, was, we get involved. I was telling people earlier on, I work uh, for a charity called Delalio Rugby Works. We work with young kids who have been excluded from mainstream education. So 
basically uh, people who have been expelled, uh, permanently expelled. I wonder why I'd set yeah, that sort what, of charity up, really. Yeah, what interests you about that, Lawrence? Uh, uh, well, I've got natural affinity to those people, really. <laughs> yeah. but, so, uh, no, very, very seriously, we, we work with young kids aged 14 to 17 who, who find themselves outside of mainstream. And what happens in this country is they, get, they end up in what's called pupil referral units, uh, alternative provision of schools. 80% of people in prison in this country have been permanently expelled from school. So what that tells you is the system is failing massively. Uh, we have a number of coaches that go in there, similar to School of Hard Knocks as a, as a charity. We work with these young kids. We get them into full-time education or, or employment. By the time they leave school, we mentor them for the year after they've left school. And uh, it's having a massively positive impact on their lives. And I think just because um, you get excluded from, from school doesn't mean society should sort of necessarily give up on you. So uh, that requires a lot of money. Um, so we do a, a fair bit of fundraising. I'm doing a, uh, another big bike ride. Is this the cycle slam? Yeah, the Delalio cycle slam, which effectively is a rugby tour on wheels. Um, yeah, I'm, busy, I'm busy, mate. I'll give 50 quid or I'm not going. <laughs> I've seen it. You, you've actually got on a bike yourself, haven't you, really? Well, I did. I've done. I've done the big one. I've done John yeah. O'Groats to Land's End. Piece of piss. Okay. <laughs> so in June, after the Premiership final, we we are cycling from um, Evian, um, which is in France, to uh, to Croatia to split in Croatia. So uh, it's about three thousand kilometres. Um, so if you want to have a look at that and get involved in the charity, just go to Delalio Cycle Slam. And if anyone fancies, um, you know, signing up in a moment of madness. Um, you know, please do you have to do the whole thing or can you just do it no, just, <laughs> just five days um, and uh, yeah like how many miles would you be going every day uh, well I went out on a training ride today so I did 85 kilometres today which was a nice same, little, same yeah. nice little training ride <laughs> yeah it was a bit um, windy today actually yeah it was a bit tough Didn't it's funny how we catch the wind more than everyone else <laughs> isn't it <laughs> You know, I, I heard, I, when I did the bike ride, I don't know if I mentioned I did a massive bike ride, but just pissed it, it was easy. And um, I was actually, I was, I was literally pulled around in the slipstream of a guy called Steve Marson, who works for Halford. Do you know Steve? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And he told me a bit on your ride, and he said, and I said, hopefully, because Lawrence is a big bloke as well, hopefully he's a terrible cyclist like me. And he said, unfortunately, um, he's got a natural engine, which you don't have, clearly. Um, <laughs> Average speed of 12 miles an hour over 998 miles. That takes a long time. But he said that he was stunned by your endurance, absolutely stunned. And I was like, on the bike, he's like, well, he's a good cyclist, but is it, I don't know if he's glorifying it or not, Hollywooding it a little bit with a bit of paprika, but he said you were absolutely bollocks every night, every night of the tour, and you were flat out up the hills every day. And he's like, this guy's well, just made differently. As you know, I mean, we, we've, we've had 20 years practice, really, haven't we? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Tolerances are high at this stage. No, I mean, as long as you get a functional five hours, um, you know, you can pretty much... <laughs> you can pretty much do anything you want, really, the yeah. next day, can't you? Do you yeah. not find that functional five? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like Winston Churchill, Margaret Thatcher, you and me. Perfect. We, we make it. We make it. And, you're, and you've, got, you've got this... Um, BBH is that what do you call it? A sport yeah, so thing, so when it? I retired from rugby, I you know did took uh, the option of, of going into a, setting up a, an agency, sports marketing agency, and we help brands who have invested in sport massively. Um, often, uh, you know, sports or brands invest because the CEO loves rugby or gets a hard on about golf or cricket or whatever it might be, or the marketing director does, and they they invest millions of pounds and then they're not quite sure what to do with it. So. For those of you who remember, we got involved with Samsung um, because uh, they had invested in the England rugby team, ran about the World Cup. And those uh, TV adverts with Jack yeah. Whitehall. Yeah, class, <laughs> absolutely class. So hang on, your company <clears throat> sorted that out and then you started in, the in them, started in it. Yeah, it's called double dipping. Cool, getting paid twice. <laughs> 
Well, Conflict of interest, but congratulations, well, I've done I the same thing. Well, if you if you write the strategy, what you say is that you don't want you, you don't really want to get involved with any players that no one knows who they are yet, do they? I mean, they may go on and win the World Cup. They didn't. But they ain't won one yet, mate. <laughs> so I said, what you need is some national treasures like Martin Johnson and Jason Leonard and you know myself. So uh, and actually, and Jack Whitehall, who was superb, as you can imagine, he was amazing, wasn't he? he yeah. was if you're not getting a state funeral, you're not in the advert. And I said yeah. to uh, obviously, I, I I tried to persuade Martin Johnson to to star in these ads, and he's you know Martin's probably done a podcast with you guys. He's a bit uncomfortable in that kind of environment. So oh, uh, yeah. he said, look, what you know, what what, you, what shall I do? I said, well, look, there's a funny guy, right? And it's not me, and it's definitely not you. <laughs> I said, really, what, what we're looking for, what Samsung are looking for, Martin, is just for you to be yourself. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, socially awkward, <laughs> miserable, <laughs> ugly. He said, yeah, I can do Massive. that. No problem. I, can do, yeah. I can do that, no problem at all. And he was the absolute star of the show. He was, uh, he was superb. There was one, there, I remember there was one section, there was one advert where Maggie Alfonsi was showing, like, doing a tackling. She was battering some civvy, some like, amateur civvy, well, those lads brought in, they must have had the time of their lives until well, I mean, they, they were they were paid £100 a day. Um, they were from a couple of rugby clubs. Westcombe Park, I think, was one. And uh, I can't, um, oh, he's going to kill scum. me. Scum, Westcombe Park, scum. <laughs> you can't call anyone scummy these days. It gets you into a lot of trouble. You've got to be very good. Uh, <laughs> That's true, actually. So, hold on, hold on. Let me uh, <laughs> get the time <laughs> code. Cut that out, Chief. 1919. No, it is a shithole. I'm going to. My. My friend plays there, that's why I'm saying that. I love it there. I've got friends that know people that so play no, there. So these lads, obviously, were, were, pay, were paid to, uh, to, you know, to, to be extras on the set, and, and they were fantastic. And then in between filming, they, uh, they obviously got coached by Martin Johnson, Jason Robinson, Jason Leonard, and myself. And, uh, yeah, it was like a three-day stag for them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like weird and perfect. But, no, they were... So that's what, that, that takes up most of my time. The charity, Rugby Works, BBH Sport, and then... Got the delights of working for BT Sport and and tomorrow for ITV. So, uh, yeah, very excited. I mean, I it's sort of bittersweet when you're commentating on your own team. And, and Shanks, you'll know this, and, and Flats, you'll know this as well. You know, the World Cup in 2015. It's quite hard to not swear on live on national television and yeah. in, that, in that situation yeah. where you know Chris Robshaw decided to not. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll go for I'll go, no. Yeah. You just wish you had a trank dart, didn't you? Like, <laughs> but I was, I was, I was, I was with, I was with, um, I was with Shane Williams, who um, had been very quiet in the first half. To be fair, naturally, because England actually were winning that game at halftime, and then uh, bizarrely, it was just, uh, just all went horribly wrong. So, uh, hopefully, it'll be a different story tomorrow. But we'll get onto that later, I'm sure. Yeah, we will. Uh, but we want to bring you back to I mean, how old were you? Your first cap for England. Well, I know I'm at 95 now, but I um, <laughs> and, and obviously when you know I, I started playing rugby down the road at uh, Staines Rugby Club. I started playing at the age of eight, um, and uh, I, I then sort of joined Richmond and played at school. Joined Wasps in 1990, and I got capped in 1995, just after the Rugby World Cup. Um, I didn't play for Bath at the time, so I didn't get picked for England. Um, that 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 soon changed. That soon changed. They wouldn't pick any of us. And uh, <laughs> but they what today? Hang on, Shanks. Before you ask questions, Shanks, like Yo. today, just so you know, like you think Shanks just like comes and turns into this comedy genius. His words, not mine. <laughs> uh, come like when the cameras or the mics are on. We're driving around today, like we're driving up, we're driving through Richmond, and there's this bloke opposite the Richmond Athletic Ground. There's this, there's this bloke 
like a normal bloke in a pair right. of shorts and trainers. Probably he's got proper rugby shorts on. He's got a rugby fleece. He's a bloody on. rugged lad. Yeah, he's just cr- he's just crossing the road, right? And he, he pulls up right next to the car. He's waiting for the red light, uh, or the green light cross. And I've just wound down the window. I've gone, hey mate, David Flatman in the car here. Eh? <laughs> He's like pointing. We've like, got, got flats here. It's like, it's like fucking mortifying. Like absolutely, like he did it about just, eight times. He just goes like he goes, "Hi boys." Yeah, hey, hey. It's like you fucking fell in. He did it to what he pulled over to one bloke just up here, just on the way down here with Michelle early. He pulls over. He's like, "Hey mate, mate, mate. You ever heard of Dave Flap?" And the guy's like, "No." And he's like, yeah, "Brilliant." He's like, showing off to no one, just trying to humiliate me. Like, well, I have to say, I do. I do vaguely remember in, that, in 1999, going back to well, the original story, you know, front page of the News of the World, not, the, but not, the, not my greatest moment in my career, to be fair. No, but, but fun for the rest of us. T- but, t- <laughs> <laughs> but it made white van drivers understand rugby, really. <laughs> yeah. I get stopped the road. Right, mate. Same boat, mate. So, the answer to your question was 1995. 95, right. Drawing it back. 95. Against South Africa, Tim Robber. And this is how long ago it was. I mean, I'm sure... Betamax video. I mean, I, I think I watched my highlights on Betamax video <laughs> yeah, after yeah, going yeah. to be. But uh, I was there was no no substitutes. I, you, someone had to get injured for you to get on. So I was on the bench, and I sat next to Graham Dore, who'd been on the bench thirty five times for England and never got on. And he goes, yeah. "Here, I, I reckon you'll get on today." I went, "Why is that?" Then he went, "You'd have seen the size of those South Africans." I went, <laughs> 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 I went yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> and Tim Robber came off in about the 60th minute and I made my debut at Twickenham against the world champions. Mike Cat had called them average before the game. Brilliant. Yeah, I came Brilliant. on, they were 25 nil up. Uh, and I made my debut and it's that kind of bittersweet moment in life where, you know, you've, you've worked all your life to get, you know, to get captain or, or whatever, 20 years it was. And it's quite weird to, to, to win your first cap but lose the game because you go into the changing room afterwards, you've got a big smile on your face because you, you've won your first cap. But everyone else in the changing room is utterly miserable. It's like death. Mm. But I was like smiling. Yeah. And uh, I went upstairs afterwards at Twickenham Spirit of Rugby and my mum, who, bless her, I miss her dearly. She passed away 10 years ago. Amazing woman. Yeah, East End was, woman, yeah. Irish. I mean, she would like give it to you straight after the game, you know, flats. Uh, she told me I was shit once, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, why, <laughs> That's why I said that. Yeah. I mean, she, but Not she, very good. But equally, you know, she would be, she'd give you all the encouragement she in the world point, if you play brilliantly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I went upstairs and she's giving me the full kind of debrief, what I did well, what I didn't do so well, like she knew. <laughs> and, um, and then she walked up and Jack Rowe was the England coach, remember from Bath? And uh, she said, Who, who's that? And I said... Um, no, 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 no. She went, she went, no, no, who's that? I said, that's the England coach. She, around. she said, oh, I need a word with him. <laughs> I said, mum, you really don't need a word with him. She said, no, no, I do. So she walked up to him, tapped him on the shoulder, said, excuse me, I need a word with you. And he looked at her, he said, sorry, who are you? She said, who am I? She said, see him over there. She said, I'm the mother of the number eight you brought on 25 minutes too late in the game. <laughs> <laughs> she said, it's pretty obvious what needs to happen, you know. <laughs> And he looked at her, he said, what? He said, he needs to start next week. He went, okay, and walked off. <laughs> How'd it go? Did you start? Oh, I picked in the oh, season the week. There we go. There you go. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so obviously then you've, uh, you've been capped. You've had, I'd imagine, probably about 20 or so caps before the 97 Lions tour. Now, for us, for someone like Flat and I and probably a lot of you guys here, you look mostly about late 30s, 40. Uh, mid thir- Mid-30s. Uh, apart from yeah. the guys at the front. Paul, you look um, older, you look terrible at the moment. Well, you yeah. played in the backs. I mean, we, we, we were... <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but that was like oh. a defining tour for, for us because we're probably 16, 17 years old. We're watching that. We see the video after. It's, ama- it's an amazing tour. 
It's um, everyone's, you know, you won for a start, the camaraderie, the friendships you have. The best Lions Tour video I think that's ever, ever been created. I mean, how good was it for you being there? I think, um, you know, first of all, to go to South Africa in 1997, it's just, you know, just think back in time, you know, just Nelson Mandela, the, just the whole history of South Africa, not long being in, involved in, in that. And obviously, the uh, you know, I'd, I'd learned a little bit about the Lions and what it meant and, uh, you know, done a bit of research, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, South Africa have changed over the years, but no one had won a test series in South Africa until the All Blacks went there in 90... Well, the Lions in, in 74, which is, which is something of legend yep. and history. Yep. The All Blacks went there in 96 and, uh, and won a test series in South Africa, probably because they got poisoned the year before and, and were very upset, but they, you know, they went on and won the series. So to go there in 97, it was probably the first, last amateur first professional tour, wasn't it? That's the way we certainly yeah. looked at it. We had a load of, the selection was amazing, load of guys from rugby league, really good, good bond. And, um, and it was just a fantastic experience. And obviously, you know, to have someone like Fran Cotton, who was a Lions legend as our, as our sort of team manager, oh, yeah. never forget, he, uh, he sort of looked at, he flew out of, you know, he organised um, a great week down in, um, in Oatlands Park in Weybridge. Where it's hardcore training. Hardcore yeah. training. Yeah. And then the last night we got Log on, runs. on the smash um, and obviously got to know each other brilliantly that night. And then he flew out a couple of days before us and we arrived in Durban and Fran is a, is a huge guy, right? Big head. And, um, <laughs> and, he, and he addressed us for our first sort of lion speech when we arrived in the Umschlanger Rocks, which is a beautiful hotel just in, on the edge of Durban. And you've got the waves crashing in off the beach, surfers there. And he's, he's clearly been out there two days and he's got sunburnt, right? <laughs> and he goes, right, lads, this is no fucking fishing drip. <laughs> well, it fucking looks like it to me. <laughs> it was literally, we called him yeah. the pink salmon after that. because Contrary to popular belief, it's not a holiday. It was, bur it was burnt to a cinder. Uh, but they're just, you know, it was just the most incredible um, environment to, to be in. Ian McGeeke and Jim Telfer, we all know yeah. the speeches. Living, living with the Lions, I think, you know, nowadays, if you said something, right, we're going to put, a, you know, a camera crew with you for eight weeks, you just absolutely no way. No way. I mean, you know, one day's bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask But you had Eddie, vid yeah. videos of the lads getting on the piss and yeah. being making inappropriate jokes and actually having yeah. fun. And it's one of those things that nowadays somebody will be offended by. Every single person knows it goes on. It kind of, as long as no one's getting well, if you win, harmed if, by if, it. If you yeah, win, yeah. No, one, no one cares, do they really? That's it. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you, you know, we won the series 2-1. So the video, looked, the DVD looked fantastic, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we lost the series 2-1, <laughs> I'm yeah. going, hmm. Well, it's like Eddie Jones now, isn't it? If, you know, if England were winning, would that yeah. video have come out and uh, just stabbed him in the back like that? I mean... <laughs> yeah, what do you make of all that? Because well, we, we do this stuff all the time, and I kind of... You don't, you don't want to be that guy that says, you know, if someone cops a high tackle and someone gets a red card, you don't want to be that guy that said game's gone soft because then you don't care about people's brains. You don't care about 15-year-old kids' brains. So you've got to be careful... But I look at that and I just think everyone's assuming that people are offended by it. And it's like these people are sort of vicariously offended. They're offended on someone else's behalf. I know some Irish people and I haven't met one that's offended. And it's, there's, this, there's this assumption that all the players are going to pin those words up on the wall and be super motivated like a Grand Slam wasn't enough. It's kind of like I'm just not, sh I'm just not sure anyone's asked about it. I mean, they'll probably pin up like the €30,000 bonus they'll get for, <laughs> yeah. for winning the Grand Slam. Yeah. Surely. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been you know the timing of it is unfortunate, isn't it? Really, to uh, to come out and say something like or that. Or perfect. Have you look and, at it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, bought by the Sun newspaper and released. Uh, you know, bought by the Sun newspaper a year ago and released. You know, a couple of days ago. So no, it's genius. And you know, I'm sure Eddie Jones. He's had a couple of run-ins recently, isn't he? Beaten up by Scottish fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're <quite> right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we got a, we have, for those of you who don't know, we've got a Scottish guy at the bat that said quite right, uh, but he is drinking out of a plastic glass, so he's safe. <laughs> right, uh, now we shout it. Now we shout him freedom. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Um, we did offer you a Flats and Shanks stab fest at the door, so yeah, you, yeah. you should be safe. We don't want to offend anyone. So, no, okay. I mean, uh, how did know, you get in? Personally, <laughs> I mean, just just if I could be serious for just a very small yes, second yep. I think I think I'd have been more offended if I was Irish about the comments he made about Johnny Sexton last year yes. than I would have been about what I heard last week on that video do you know yep. what I mean and I think that's the, the, you know there's, the, let's get some perspective here do you know what I mean because actually that as, a, as an Irishman may have upset me a lot more yeah. given it was more of a sort of a personal attack on one of my players yeah. as opposed to you know anything that you know in many ways it's a backhanded compliment he's saying you know Ireland are the only team that beat us and I'm really gutted about it and it still upsets me yeah. now and it was only it was a year ago so yeah. well, uh, do you remember you, you, were, you, you I think you might remember this actually Lol, but this is not an international thing this was um, we had a season at Bath where we were beating everyone we got to the final and then Lawrence and his mates beat us in the final in that it was the last year where you basically win the league so you come top of the league and then you wait three weeks while everyone else battles it out, and then you play them at the final at Twickenham when you haven't played for three weeks, or you've had twenty minutes against Newbury. Like it's an absolute shambles. And if they meant if they quickly realised that everyone who won the league and had three weeks off before the final kept losing, so they changed the format. Um, but you ruined my life. Thank you. Um, anyway, but on, in that we game, played, we played in the European Cup in between that. By the yeah, way, yeah, exactly. Final, they they were. You know, they, you know, it doesn't have to be at the end of your season if you if you're still in Europe. No, we, we were. <laughs> We, uh, we concentrated on the Premiership that year um, and have regretted that since. But I remember, I remember that season, we, we were beating everyone, having a good year. And then you came to the wreck and we hadn't lost at the wreck for 18 months or something. And you beat us at the wreck. And on the final whistle, I remember Matt Stevens had done the, the interview on the TV during the week. And he had said, and he'd said stuff like, no one's coming down here and pushing us around. We don't care who they've got. No one comes to our backyard and pushes us around. And in the, the next morning after it came out on the telly, we had a meeting about that interview and it was like, do not do that. And that was literally the day that we had a press officer start briefing the players about not saying inappropriate things. doesn't sound that bad, but you had, I remember on the final whistle and it literally, it was 10-6 or something, which was the same or something, 10-6 like was the final, but it was like 10-6, shit game, but good to watch. And um, for the purists, and I remember the whistle went, it was like full-time whistle and literally I was in, a, in a, like a scrum against Will Green and I remember just giving our big mate to Will Green. So I gave Will a hug. And I remember Lawrence walking straight past me to Matt Stevens in the scrum. And he said, you watch what you say on the TV. That was it. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's pot and kettle, really. Isn't it, yeah, I know. I know, yeah. <laughs> but you've never done it. You like, watch yeah. what you say to a journalist, son. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, no. I mean, I think, you know, the game is about emotion. And any, any emotion you can get and, and, uh, and you bring to the party is, is, is really important. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into those into those big games, and I'm sure that plays still plays a part now. Mm. You know, things wind you up, don't they? And you yeah. use any little thing just to get that um, get yeah, an edge, get yeah. an edge. Steve Borthwick kicking me in the head didn't help either. To be fair, <laughs> there was actually yeah. there was one. Uh, Danny Grucott punching me in the head. You know. Danny got sent off for that, and then I remember Steve Borthwick. We got in on a Monday, and Borthwick was a absolute legend. I, I love him dearly, but 
he didn't he didn't talk to anyone like about anything other than rugby too much like so I've known him since like, 20 years I've never never had a coffee with him at his house never been to my house but doesn't mean he doesn't love you apparently so <laughs> I remember he got he wasn't there on a Monday and we're like where's Borthers and he'd been cited and he was off at this disciplinary on the Monday and Tuesday in London whatever and he'd been he'd been done for kneeing Lawrence in the head kicking Lawrence in the head something like that and he and Borthers came back and he, he Borthers loves it's a to laugh two year ban the these days isn't yeah, it I know yeah I think he got a one week or something, but he properly booted you he in there. He did, one week. One week, yeah, week. yeah. yeah. He was applauded, he was knighted, in fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he said in this video, and I'm not talking myself up, he's obviously not a mark to show for it, but I remember in the, he said in the video, it played, and he's like, I was serious, because I knew we had a big game, I didn't want to get banned. But in this video, it's like, it's literally, it's the when it's the Tuesday, but then you had 24 hours to sight, or whatever it was. So he does this, he boots Lawrence in the head, and Lawrence is like that, and he's like, in the meet... And what no one mentions is, at the end, you see this number one and Flatman coming to the screen and just go bang, and we're like, <laughs> smack him right in the chops. And he was like, we saw it. And the lawyer looked at me and he's like, we've got the wrong bloke here. <laughs> 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 yeah, there you go. Well, obviously, there you yeah. go. I, re- I also, I got tanks. I know you, uh, just, I'll no, just no, keep, no. but I remember, I remember being, uh, getting a yellow card played against Wasp and you beat us, you beat us 29-27 or something like that at, at Watford when we're playing for Saris. And I remember just Lawrence was like, it was just a fucking joke what he got away with, if you ask me. Lying over the ball. And Danny was like, next time he does it, I can twat him. Danny Grucott. I was like, right. So Lawrence, he's, in the end, he's just lying on the ball. It was a joke. So in, he was probably not cheating. I was, so I thought, right, I'm going to whack Lawrence hard as I can four or five times. And I don't care if I get a yellow or red. He knows now it's a red. Then it was a yellow. And the next day, it was on a Sunday, and the next day, we turned up to England training, and I had a broken hand, and Lawrence didn't have a mark on him. <laughs> nothing, like nothing all, at all. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not I one... I was in a cast like that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one to sledge, but I was quite proud of the line I gave Steve Borthwick in that final. Oh, I, brutal. I said, to him, I said, the problem with you, Steve, is you, you train like Tarzan, but you play like Jane. Yeah, brutal. <laughs> brutal, and it just went quiet. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that kicked Daddy Grucock. Oh, he got sent off two minutes yeah, later. it really annoyed Dan, and he got a red card for punching you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It turns, like, it turns like being captain. Were there any uh, refs that were slightly easier to influence? Well, I always found it easier if I refereed, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you were a referee. You? Um, no, listen, we, we had some great referees. I mean, Ed Morrison, who's, yeah. um, who I just saw, um, you know, he's, he's been you know, decorated and celebrated quite rightly. He's an amazing referee. Chris White, um, you know, I mean, I still look at people like Wayne Barnes and, you know, the difference between, you know, he is absolute quality out there. And it, yeah. it, just mentioning referees, it'll be very interesting tomorrow. Obviously, huge game, so much at stake for both sides. Quite an inexperienced referee, isn't it? Angus Gardner from Australia. Mm. You know, we've had some massive issues around the breakdown over the last, yeah. primarily because we keep getting caught behind the game line, but massive issues and against a guy who potentially will referee the breakdown slightly differently to the way we're used to it week in, week out. And in the Pro 14, you invite referees from other countries yeah. to referee and I think it makes a huge difference. We, we sort of, you know, put our investment in English referees every week in the Premiership and I think when we play international rugby, that, that sort of uh, counts Bite against us. We yeah. used to have Ed Morrison come around. When Flats and I were at Saracens, Ed Morrison would come around at the start of the season and just explain the new laws to us, okay? So there's a player called Kevin Sorrell now who's backs coach at Saracens. Now, Big we, note, massive nose. Massive, yeah. We used to get Kev to ask loads of questions because Ed Morrison thought his name was Steve. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, oh, yes, so, so, so we go, Kev, ask a question. He put his hand up and Ed Morrison going, yes, what do you want, Steve? Like that. Oh. Yeah. I remember being in a scrum, right? go back to going to a scrum against Tigers 
and uh, Tony Spreadby was like in the tunnel and we were like trying to bind and get a bit of a nudge and Spreaders was in the way because he was trying to get us out in the right position whatever and I'm just knocking into Spreaders like trying to get Spreaders out the way because I know that Darren Garforth's going to try and hurt me so I'm like right I'm trying to get in there and he's like get off me you beggar me you fat bugger is what he called me <laughs> and I, I remember I, pin, I, pin, I didn't pinch his ass. I pinched like the back of his hammies I said there's a bit of flesh on there our kid and he literally reached down and I was bending down for the scrum. Obviously, I've got an amazing six-pack, but I was bending down and there was a tiny bit of my six-pack was hanging over the, the rim of my shorts. And he grabbed it. He went, good Christmas, was it, kid? That's <laughs> like, imagine that now. Imagine that now. Fucking twat. No, I should have stopped kicking him when he was in the ambulance, really. He's dead now. We killed him. So, yeah, anyway. Can we get three more pints? Two Guinness and one Moretti, please. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, 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 thank you. I'll chop that one as well. Don't know who's going to get it, but someone. Um, <laughs> we talked about the Six Nations, but you actually you played in the Five Nations, didn't you? Because I don't know, like, it's probably difficult to see yeah, okay. um, from there, yeah. but Lawrence is a lot older than us. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you my, can see. He was my dad's favourite player. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, you played in the Five Nations, didn't you? Not the four, yeah. the five. He, he, he wanted to find somebody else to support. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a lean period. Now, I played in the Five Nations. In fact, one of my first ever games for England was, uh, was in the Five Nations against France. And uh, we were over in, in Paris. Um, and obviously, you know, coming into the England squad as a young back row fool was quite a daunting prospect. There were some legends of the game. You know, Rob Andrew, Will Carling, Dean Richards, Mike Teague, you know, some just Mick Skinner, Jason Leonard, oh, yeah. incredible, incredible guys. And England were going through a period where they were, you know, fairly dominant under Will Carling. So I came in and I was rooming with Ben Clark in, in Paris, in, uh, in a Vers the Versailles, um, Trinon Palace in Versailles. And uh, Ben Clark had just come back from the Lions tour in New Zealand. He was a legend, an icon. He was the guy that they'd voted that they wanted to keep behind in New Zealand. And it was a real, you know, thrill for me on my, you know, second cap or third cap for England to be, to be rooming with him. And uh, we're talking about the amateur era now, so you have to sort of put that into context. Jack Rao was the coach. And uh, we got there on Thursday, so we're now 48 hours before the game. And... Uh, I walk into the room with Ben Clark and he's got a little Marlboro light on the go, which sort of slightly took me by surprise. I wasn't quite <laughs> yeah. expecting that. And uh, he said, I'll leave the door open. This is like Thursday night. I said, what do you mean leave the door open? I thought it was some sort of initiation for me. Or yeah. They're all coming in with bars of soap in socks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to private school, went to boarding school. That would have oh, been all right for me. Don't worry about it. So, uh, no, he, he said that we always have a, a red oh. wine. Thank you. We always have a red wine club on a Thursday night. I was thinking, really? It's a bit Thank odd. Thank you. So next thing, the French waiter comes in with about 15, 20 bottles of red wine and starts opening them one by one. And then the England pack walk in, Jason, Brian Moore, you know, all the boys. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to get interesting. Anyway, we have a red wine club. So thought, great. So anyway. You three, like wine. You like wine. Three, you fine. Know, 48 hours before the game. So <laughs> great. Three hours later, we, you know, all the forwards leave. And I wake up in the morning and the room looks like an abattoir, right? So <laughs> anyway. Ben Clark says to me, right, you need to get rid of the evidence. This is now 24 hours before the game. You need to get rid of the evidence. So I said, well, what shall I do? He said, well, uh, put it on a tray and go and stick it outside Victor Abogu's door. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, okay. So I put my dressing gown on, Trinon Palace, and I sort of went, there, you know, looked outside, thought the coast is clear. So I tiptoed down the corridor towards Victor's room, and who walks around the corner but Jack Rowdy and the coach? <laughs> Now, imagine this, my third cap, right? My first ever Five Nations game, right? I'm the youngest guy in the squad. I'm standing in front of him in a dressing gown, right? With a tray, with 15 empty bottles of red wine, <laughs> ashtrays, everything. And he looks at me, he goes, this doesn't look very good, does it? I went, no, it doesn't. 
and as if my life couldn't get any worse, I said, the dressing gown then opened up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and it, didn't, it certainly didn't look any better, trust me. <laughs> so, no, it's freezing in there. So, <laughs> a lot of air conditioning in there. Yeah, they, they, they so, always nice So he says to me, um, he said, who are you rooming with? I thought, oh, quick as a flash. I went, Victor Obogu. <laughs> and he just looked at me, shook his head he, in disgust. He said, best you play well tomorrow. I said, yeah, best I do. <laughs> so he walked off and I stuck it outside Victor's room. And I came back, Ben Clark, another fag on the go. He said, um... <laughs> He said, you've been, you've been gone a while. What, what happened there? I said, oh, you don't want to know. He said, no, I do. I said, best you play well tomorrow, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time he played for England. To be yeah, there you go. There <laughs> yeah, you go. so, uh, yeah, great great days. But uh, I think preparations now on a Thursday are probably slightly different. And I'll tell, yeah. tell you what, thank God they invited the Italians in. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I'd have zero tries, I think, to my day. <laughs> um, but talking about Italy, right, we played Italy um, in, in 2009, right? Played them in Stadio Flaminio. And... We were, we were losing at half-time, believe it or not. 9-7, it was a cracking game. Um, <laughs> amazing. And Warren Gatland, our coach, right, he comes in at half-time, and he's quite mellow, he's quite calm. And then you all know Sean Edwards, you know, if, if one's calm... He's not mellow other, and he's not calm. The, the other is mental. He wears tracksuit bottoms and, like, suit shoes. But you look at Sean, and he's coaching Wales, and you go... Why the, why the fuck's he got London Broncos tracks your bottoms yeah, on? Yeah, I know. He wears he's got, like, you know I mean? he's got like a wasp hat on he's like, and, and, yeah. and a whale top. <laughs> you just go, what's, go, what's going on? You know, like when you're, when you're in yeah. camp, when you're in camp, you have to wear the right attire. Like he's the only one. He's the only one that has an exception. He can wear a leather jacket, white t-shirt. Dyspraxic, Asperger's. Must, he's got to be it. fair, it is quite hard but to earn anyway. half a million quid a year and look homeless. But anyway, anyway yeah. But anyway, we're losing, we're losing, right? We're losing 9-7, and then Sean Edwards is, is just ripping into us, and he, you know, he's, he's shouting, he's spitting on your face, and you know he's spitting on your face. He knows you're spitting on your face, but you can't wipe it. Um, <laughs> and he finishes, and he finishes, right? And Andy Powell, okay? Um, what, what a bloke, right? A, me- a, a mental bloke. He gets up out of his seat, he's our number eight, and he's just shouting, he's going, right, that's it, boys, that's it. Let's get out, let's get out. Next half, we'll put things right. And as he goes to open the door, he opens the door to go out. It's the cupboard, right? <laughs> the bloody exit's the one next to it, right? Um, but yeah. Um, oh, it's the wrong door. A, su- a super sub comes on um, with about 60 minutes to go and scores a winning try. Well done, mate. That was me. Well done, um, mate. <laughs> You just got any tries against anyone that wasn't Italian or Japanese? Well, I mean, I, I, Romania. I, I actually captured. I, I actually captured England against Italy in the first ever game. Uh, oh, did you? Uh, which was incredible. Two thousand. Yeah. Can you imagine? And my dad, how proud he was. You know, Italian father. His son's playing for England, and I'm captain of England in the Stadio Flaminio. Great stadium. And I, I, I managed, you know, to obviously get him a job as the official translator, which was. <laughs> did um, you? Did yeah, you? Which was fantastic. <laughs> so, but well, dinner afterwards. So we won. We won eighty four. Double dipping we, again. We, yeah. We, 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 yeah, of course. Yeah, very good at that. You got, you know, it's the Italian way, isn't it? <laughs> Played yeah. twice. So, so we won eighty five nil, which was uh, which was fat. I mean, the only the only downer was that Austin Healy scored a hat trick, but it was, uh, you know, the Italians were, um, yeah were not great in those days. So we won 85-0, but it was the best post-match reception I think I could ever yeah. say that we'd ever been to. They took us to a beautiful pa- you know, palace on the top of the hill in Rome. Anyway, I obviously speak a tiny bit of Italian, but I said to my dad, right, I'm going to speak in English and then you're going to translate it. 
So I sort of said, you know, this is the most amazing post-match reception. It's been a great. And my dad obviously was so nervous, he translated my English speech into English. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, no, dad, no, 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 no. I just like to say, yeah, my son. Uh, <laughs> did he? He did that. Just slow and loud. Just do it slow and louder. My, my son, uh, he says, uh, <laughs> Dolmio, yeah. <laughs> What a shambles, oh, brilliant. Dear. Anyway, oh, oh, brilliant. beautiful. They're good times. Uh, your your uh, son Enzo is meant to come tonight, but has blown you out to go to the pub with his mates. Good lad. Honest burger and a few pints down the pub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually a better night, to be fair. It's where you should 16. all be. Well. <laughs> uh, but he's, um, it's quite a nice story because you yeah. you took him down to play rugby. Was that Richmond he plays? Well, a youth I mean, player? You know, listen, I've got two daughters who are very creative and, and you know said to me, Dad, is it all right if we don't play rugby? And by the way, women's rugby, what a high it's on at the moment. It is unbelievable. Yeah. There's so many, you know, and quite rightly so, it's, it's brilliant. But my son, obviously, it's quite tough. You see these amazing father-son relationships where, you know, Farrell, I mean, what about that tomorrow? You know, his, his dad's coaching Ireland. Yeah, unreal. Son's playing fly. I mean, it's incredible. And George Ford and his father. And, there, and, and there's many in, in history. My, my son, obviously, is playing rugby, enjoying himself. And I remember when I, um, when, I, when I retired 10 years ago now, which feels like yesterday, but it's 10 years ago, I went down to the local rugby club. My son's six then, 16 now. He's a massive unit. He said, Dad, I just want to start playing rugby. And it's with tag rugby. Mm. And I turned up and I had no idea quite what to expect, but I just thought, well, we'll do it. No, I'd never, never had a free Sunday for about 20 years. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. took him down to Richmond and uh, bumped into Jason Leonard. My son's called Enzo. Good name, by the way. And, I was uh, saying, I hope he's good looking. Otherwise, Enzo Delalio, if he's minging and scrawny. <laughs> I haven't met him, but is he good? Is he good? Well, is he going to be an operator? Well, he, has, he hasn't played much rugby yet, so he's, he's got a chance. Yeah, he's got but, a chance, yeah. So uh, I turned up and Jason was there. Jason Leonard, he lives in Kew um, and he was there with his son, Jack. And Michael Liner lives in Richmond. He's there with his son, Louis. And uh, can you imagine, on a Sunday, this poor father who's got the short straw of coaching the kids, we sort of tapped him on the shoulder and said, right, see how you get on with those three anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> fuck it up, mate. <laughs> he, looked, he looked absolutely terrified of having the three of us. Anyway, talk about, you know, genetics, DNA, whatever, chip off the old block. Basically, I mean, Louis Liner, who, by the way, now plays fullback for England under-16s, right, yeah. is yeah. an incredible rugby player. So even then, at age six, he could spin pass off both hands, he could spiral kick off both feet, Same. scoring yeah. tries, yeah. <laughs> and he was just the most amazing rugby player. So clearly, just like his father, uh, Jason's son, Jack, just went around punching every other child in the face. <laughs> And got sent to the naughty step about 58 did he, times. Did he? Yeah. And my son spent the whole time cheating and just... You know, <laughs> Have a go at the ref. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so... Uh, but we, we had the mo You know, I mean, it's a great thing to do with your kids, you know, to do that mini rugby and you know, boys or girls. And we went on tour uh, a little bit later on when they were 12. And we went to, you know, Bicester and Oxford. We had a fantastic few days away. 75 dads. That well-known rugby hotbed. 75 dads, <laughs> 75 lads. We go away on tour. We come back to Richmond. And it's been a two-day, uh, well, it's been a, yeah. It's been a bag full of Ralph Lauren from the shopping yeah, centre. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, penicillin with you, Shanks, to be fair. <laughs> so, so anyway, as, like, as, we, as we arrive, as the coach pulls in back at Richmond Rugby Club, my, my son goes running off and my wife, Alice, has picked, picked him up, uh, picked him up. And um, anyway, he go, and he says, Mum, that was possibly the best two days of my life. 
she looks slightly pissed off by. Do you mean, you know, you, your dad's been around for like three weekends and suddenly it's the best two days of your life. And she looks at me and I'm hanging, you know, literally. <laughs> bags under my eyes. And she says to Enzo, age nine or whatever he was, she said, what time did dad get in last night? And he looks at me all worried. He goes, mum, what goes on tour stays on tour. <laughs> Yeah, he never got in last night. Trained him well. Oh, trained him well. He will be a top-class rugby player, is all <laughs> yeah, I can say. Doesn't yeah. matter what level. Welcome aboard. He, he, he understands the way it works. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can I just say, guys, what, a, what an absolute privilege and pleasure it is to be up here with you two legends. I mean, Thank I, you, I was waiting for that. I mean, you know, Finally. The, the, the word legend is slightly overused in, in modern day rugby, but it's not. It's not. And it is being here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but can I just say that you know this is the best podcast I've ever heard. I mean, it's certainly better than that Hamilton Good oh, sort that, of shower of shit. That load of shite. Bloody yeah. amateurs. Uh, anyway, the cabbage oh, no, patch in Twickenham. Can we make some noise? Yeah. Hang on, hang on. As Shanks, have you just done that booze cruise thing? Where it's like, who's ready to party? And everyone's like, Rue, and you're like, I can't hear you. Um, it's like, yeah. fuck off, I'm 38. They're all diving overboard now. Look. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've got, to, you've, got to wind, you've got to wind them up a bit, you know. And, and also, you know, we, we do need some uh, some noise on the podcast um, because <laughs> it doesn't really pick up a lot of the cheers on the mic. So that was really good. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, there um, are people here, everyone. <laughs> welcome to part two. Um, so... Moving on, so I think we finished. Um, we have. I got. We got some. We got some questions. We're, we, uh, we're going to save the questions for a little bit later. But we've okay. Got, we've yep, about, yep. We'll have you about. You can see that one of us has notes <laughs> and one of us does not. It's a connect. A connected, joined-up show here, isn't it? Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the question a bit later on, though. So, Shanks, take it away. Do you always deliver, don't you? That's that's <laughs> why. Uh. No, I don't. I do chicken or, or pork. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so. The, the 2001 Lions Tour, selected for that again. Australia. Well done. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> congratulations. How, just out of interest, how did you find out about the tours and how you were selected? Because it's a little bit different now, isn't it? Yeah, the first one was on Teletext, I think, to be fair. Um, yeah. Uh, no, the first one was by letter. Uh, second one was, uh, uh, as as is the the whim these days, was uh, was on Sky Sports, wasn't it? So it was uh, you had to wait till uh, till it was announced live on TV and sit there and wait for all your teammates to come. Oh, bad luck, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll go. Yeah, well done. I'm really pleased for you. Do you know all those videos? I, 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 didn't, I didn't go, but you are going. But you know all the videos of like the lads. I've said this before, but the lads that get him, they got these lovely videos of every all the whole, all the teams sitting in the team rooms, and it's like. The list comes up and it's like, whatever it says, it's like, you know, Jonathan Davis. Everyone's like, Rah! and we're going mad for their mate. I want the other videos. I want, and I, I love Joe Launchbury. I think he's a wonderful player, a lovely man. I want his video from that day. I want the lads filming Joe like, fuck. They've, got, they've gone want, past L and it ain't me. I want, I want the diary insert for that day, really, is what <laughs> yeah, I want. Yes, I want. Yeah. Dear diary, not a good day today. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. Warren Gatland is a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah so you're, you're selected in 2001. Um, you go to Australia. Yeah, tore my cruise shit. Didn't go so well, did it, really? I yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and then we go on to the main tour, right? 2005, in my one. Um, that's what we call it. Um, classic. Classic. Yeah, and... Uh, doomed from the start, really. Wales won the Grand Slam that year. <laughs> I know. So you got you got to pick loads of them, and you know they're not actually that good. They just got a really good team spirit. That's how they won it. But they're individually they were rubbish. Is that about right, Shanks? Well, I don't want to name some of the players that went on that tour. Don't then. Uh, all right, I won't. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I went on that tour, and uh, ten days in, I, I broke my ankle. Didn't oh, I your say? leg fell off on that yeah. the first yeah. game, wasn't it? Yeah, Player plenty. I went to uh, help Brian O'Driscoll with a tackle, and it was the wrong thing to do. I got my studs caught in the ground, and uh, yeah, broke my ankle. Yeah, and we were in Rotorua. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And, um, I got stretched off the field, and I thought, well, I better, you know, I was, I was in absolute agony. My f- ankle's facing the wrong way, and I took my shirt, my line shirt off, and I gave it to the guy, and I said, hang that on the peg of the guy that I'm playing against, because he, he, might, he might want that. And I get in the ambulance, and I arrive at Rotorua General Hospital, and uh, there's no one there. Well, of course you're not. They're all at the game. Right? <laughs> Nine people in the whole and there's, there's one young kid who's been left there. He's a young junior orthopedic surgeon. He's obviously really excited. He goes, mate, he said, I've just seen it on the telly. He said, I reckon you fractured, dislocated your ankle. And I'm like lying there with my ankle facing the wrong way. I yeah, you're a doctor, mate. I went, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Well done, mate. <laughs> he was actually a plasterer. And then, and then he started foaming at the mouth. He goes, can I have your kit? Because I'm, still wearing, I'm <laughs> still wearing the Lions kit. And I went, I'll tell you what, I'll do your deal. Not one of those deals. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I said, say deal. I said, I said, I you got any soft drinks? I said, um, I said, I'll do you a deal. I said, well, it was one of those deals actually because I said to him, <laughs> I said, you get me some fucking morphine. I said, you can have that. You can have the whole kit bag. To be fair, <laughs> so he went off and he got me some morphine. Came back and I was in La La Land, and then the two hours later, the surgeon comes back from the game. <laughs> He's I could, I could smell the booze on him, and he and he, and he, and he grabs my ankle. He said, "Yep." We'll operate on him in the morning. And I looked at Gary O'Driscoll, the doctor. I said, there is absolutely no way this guy's operating on me. I said, go and find me Sean Fitzpatrick or Jonah Lomu, surgeon. And uh, I went down to Auckland the next day. And I had, um, had an operation and, and had my, you know, nice piece of kiwi rust put in my leg. <laughs> and uh, the surgeon comes in and he says, right, good news and bad news. I said, well, what's the good news? He said, the good news is you've got a nice piece of kiwi rust in your leg. He said, you'll be playing again in about six months. Bit of old cattle grid in there. Yeah, exactly. I said, well, what's the bad news? He said, the bad news is you can't fly home for three weeks. So I 
said goodbye to the Lions the next day. Shanks and I had a little embrace and um, I said, that's not bad news. That's catastrophically bad news. <laughs> I had to stay in Auckland for three weeks on my, uh, on my own. Which, uh, as you know, it doesn't take uh, two days to get around Auckland, does it, really? <laughs> I mean, that, that was obviously bad news for you that you, you dislocated your ankle in the first game, but I did score a try in that game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so every cloud. Scoring tries is all about timing, isn't it, really? <laughs> Finished off a try, um, should I say. But that was obviously a, a tough time for you because I remember you giving a real good emotional speech uh, when you left, but you're taking a, you, know, you got yourself in a real good physical condition. No, I remember seeing you. Well, for an old kid, yeah, yeah I was yeah. actually, yeah. No, I was, I was okay actually. Do you know what? Simon Taylor was also injured that, yeah. that night. Yeah, yeah, shit, he, what a player. Yeah, he, he actually torn it. Well, he was number eight. Hold on a minute. It was only he was, one he was, eight, all, he was the third best number eight on that tour. Yeah. I mean, who else was there? I don't know. I'm trying to put him two places. Well, he, he'd off. actually torn his hamstring off the bone, so he was actually going home as well. So I said to him that night, I didn't really like him. One, he was Scottish, and two, he played number eight. So and he's weird, like, yeah. It was strange, wasn't it? Yeah, he is, well, yeah. You, I like you, that, but you don't. Yeah. You knew him at Bath, didn't you? Get yeah, very, that? very weird, but lovable. I loved him, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that sort, like the dog that shits in your house, but it's characterful. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Good analogy, mate. Um <sighs> Where were we? Are we still on script or are we... No, going, no, no, uh, we got... No, we, we, that wasn't part of the script as we, far as I'm aware. Ask Lowell about... Oh, no, don't, yeah. no, no def, definitely not that one. But when you, go on, go on Shanko. I was going to say, in ter- like we, we, um, we interviewed uh, Gareth Thomas last week and we were just asking him about various stuff. What about country, um, about club, about the Lions? And he was saying very honestly that nothing compared to, to captain in his country. You know, that was the number one thing. The Lions didn't come close, you know. It was, for him, the biggest achievement in his career was captain in Wales. Now, I'd just like to know your opinion on, on what, you know, what was, a big, what was your biggest achievement, I suppose? Well, I think Be- when beating Bath in 2004 in the final? Yeah. Probably, probably, probably. It'd be that, it'd be that now, watch. What, for the second season? Again, again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I suppose, where does it stand on the ladder of no, things? I, I, I think the, the greatest thing that could happen to you is getting picked for your country, actually. Um, I mm. mean, when you, most people don't, their first cap is never normally as captain. So when you arrive in the team, you're not captain. And very rarely do you finish as captain. So I think for me, you know, if you're lucky enough to, to get the armband at some point, that's a lovely thing and a great honour. But I think getting picked for to play for your country, whether it's England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, whoever, New Zealand, it's the greatest honour you know you could ever have. And it, you represent the hopes, dreams and aspirations of millions of people. And there's a huge responsibility that goes with that. And I think to walk out there in, in front of, you know, 85, 90,000 people at Twickenham, uh, and to do that is is a huge thing. I think so that was just Enzo just driving past yeah. it. <laughs> that that was an Enzo. Yeah. <laughs> he actually thinks he's named after the car. To be fair, but he's actually named after Enzo in the Big Blue. But you know, good, oh, yeah, yeah. good film by the way. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Probably going around in McDonald's car park or something. That's what you do at that age, isn't it? <laughs> Doing burnouts. Yeah, I mean, so so your time with England then, like, who would who would be who would be the people that you'd want to sit by? When you're having food and yeah, yeah, these are my favourite questions because they're the nerdy ones that like when you go to like rugby dinners like we do and you sit on a table, people ask you. There are like ten questions that people ask, and it it's easier to get bored at giving the same answer. But the truth is, it's what people actually want to know. Yeah, you know, so we're not going to ask you if you have to watch what you eat and you train every day because you don't play anymore. But yeah, Shanks is right. Like stuff like what do you weigh? What do you weigh? No, we don't <laughs> talk about that. Well, who do I want to sit next to when I'm eating food? Not you, Flash. <laughs> <laughs> But on a sun lounger, I'm your guy. <laughs> so, you know. Unless we're on a Sunday, all you can eat menu, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dun- Duncan Bell, my old mate from uh, Bath, who played for England a few times. Now that is a fat bastard. Okay. 
But he lost loads of weight. He absolutely loads of weight. And he was down to like, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but he lost six stone and was down to 16 stone. And, um, and he, but he looked emaciated because of what he's not one used to seeing. And I saw him at the weekend. He's back up to about 19 and a half, 20 stone. Looks perfect. I'm so happy with that because when people lose loads of weight and look fit, I really fucking resent that. <laughs> But you've done, you've done two and a half stone anyway, so, so well done you. Um, so I, room, I yeah. roomed main. I mean, I spent more of my life at Peniel Park than anywhere even than I did at home for about yeah. the best part of eight years. And I roomed with Jason Leonard, which is unique experience. He was my, he was my kind of buddy. He, he played for England in 1990, made his debut. I made my debut five years later. So he had 50 caps by the time I'd arrived. So he sort of took me, you know, being an East End lad, you know, a bit like myself, he, he sort of took me under his wing and sort of thought that he'd teach me everything he knew, which was... Um, a lot. Well, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, loads. I'm sure, I swear he used to photograph his, his carpentry certificates. I've said to him, Chase, show me something you've actually made rather yeah. than you've actually destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but look but, at this, left-handed drinking, well done. Um, yeah, absolutely. Buffalo for flats. Yeah, so, stiff arm. So, no, so, I, so when, when Clive Woodward used to present to the team in the team room, you know, we'd, we'd sit in that kind of, that sort of, uh, that shape. And myself and Jason and Martin, you know, there'd be, there'd be an interesting sort of senior players sort of group right at the front, yeah, yeah. just to sort of, you know, say that we might, as well, this better be good, by the way. Do you know what I mean? This meeting better be good because, you know, you'd look around and there'd be people sort of rebuilding, you know, designing their, hi-fi sort of cabinet for the next 20 minutes or whatever yeah. so uh, meetings should never last more than about 10 minutes should they if yeah. that if that we're being in one meeting and I used to get separated from Julian White the whole time because we were always pissing ourselves and pathetic and they basically I remember Clive saying in this Q&A once that he basically not actually urinating um, <laughs> but anything that anyone said we would be falling over laughing and I remember Clive once making a joke in a Q&A and he's like I basically had to weigh up I got to pick one of these guys and drop the other one forever because they are an absolute bloody nightmare. Anyway, congratulations, Julian, 51 caps. <laughs> we get one meeting and they separated me and Clive, Clive walked in and he goes, no, move, don't sit, with, this is serious stuff. Flats, get away from Whitey. And I went like three rows back and sat next to Danny Grucock, who's my mate from Bath. And at the back of the meeting, he was like, I want, and Clive's like, I want everyone taking notes. I want to see everyone like Hilly, brown nose, taking notes, I want everyone taking notes. Otherwise, this is just fucking words, yeah, and you'll forget it all. And Danny was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I look on his pad, and he had one picture of tits. And he had, honestly, and then he just had three written three times, feeling sleepy, feeling sleepy, feeling sleepy. You were like, we're like eight minutes in, in an England meeting, like. That's exactly how it went. I, th I think your, your relationship with the coaches changes over time, doesn't it? When I first came into the England squad, you, you would not believe this, but they, on a, we used to play on the England game on a Saturday, and then on a Sunday, they would wake you up, and you'd go for a five, four or five-mile run on a Sunday after the game. I mean, apparently, you know, that's like warming down. Do you know what I mean? Can you, can you imagine? Um, and so, where, Roger Utley was the, was the team manager when I first came in the team, and he's there with his clipboard in the Peachtree Motel, and we've gone off on this run, you know, three-mile run on Sunday morning. We're all absolutely battered. And uh, anyway, Mickey Skinner, who's just an absolute legend, he said, fuck this, he said, I've had enough of this. So he hails, he hails a cab. Right. <laughs> about sort of t 10 minutes into this run and we said what are you doing Mickey he said oh I can't I can't be doing with this he said I'm going to get a cab back he said yeah but you know Roger will be there he said I'll wing it so we arrive back at the you know he arrives back at the at the you know Pitcher Motel and Roger's there with the old you know clipboard big purple tracksuit just marking off everyone as they come in and he says to the cab driver, he said, right, just do a couple of laps of the car park. He's like, and he's ducked down. And obviously, he realises that Roger's not going to go away. And eventually he says, oh, forget it. So he, the cab pulls up. 
and he gets out. And uh, Roger just looks at him, just incredulous, can't believe that he's actually got a black cab on this run. And then Skins goes, oh, Roger, he said you couldn't sort out the fare. He said, I've just said more or less. So I think the post-match warm dance probably changed a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Today's obviously, believe it or not, it's, a, it's about you men and women here today, all right? It's not about us. It's about you. Um, any of you got any questions that you want to sh- just shout out? Put your hand up. We'll pick on you. We got one from the bloke who looks like a shit Gordon Ramsay slash... <laughs> Uh, Kenneth Branagh, but worse. And by the way, these are his words at the urinal next to me, not mine. So he said he's, he said he's got a top of the range question. It's an eight out of tenner. Let's hear it, Chief. Cricketers have been promoting hair restoring products. Yeah. yeah not, not tonight, mate. <laughs> it's about the, the question was about hair restoration. I'm just thinking, you guys. What? Why? Why are you asking us that? Have you had your hair done, mate? No, no. Because I would say I would say that you're perfectly well-looking bloke, or were 15 years ago. But your best assets are your jacket, which comes off, and your hair, which presumably comes off. I don't. Do you know what we? Uh, you're we glad did, you asked that now, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know, like, I don't know about you guys, but I've actually had the email. I've had the email from whatever it is. It's like the Belgravia Centre or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carl, Carl, I've had the email. Carl. Yeah, and it's like, and for some, some guy emails me and he's like, would you be interested? I got your email from Andy Goo. Like, I was like, no, man, I've been, bald, I've been bald for 25 years and I'm only 28. So I was like, no, I'm not interested, not interested. And he's like, well, we're keen to do it. And as long as you mention it on the TV and you don't hide the fact that you've done it, we'll do it for free. Can you send us some pictures of your head, like from above? And I, I basically, and I was, I'm not doing it, but I'll send the pictures. And it was like, we estimate that's 25 grand's worth of work. I was like, fucking hell, it's not that bad, mate. About 15 years. Yeah, but the best bit is you have to grow your hair around the sides and back really long first. So they can take loads of that out and plug it in. I look like Terry Nutkins by the end. Like, I'd be like Phil Collins. I'm I out, mean, mate. I'm out. I have, I have seen flats with long hair, right? And he just, he looks like Sonia from EastEnders. So. <laughs> Yeah, or fucking it's meatloaf. Not a, it's meatloaf. not a good look. Um, we had Gareth Jenkins, right? Gareth Jenkins, coached an athlete for a long time. He became Welsh coach in, I think, 2006 or 2007, right? And uh, we're in the World Cup in France. And Gareth Jenkins would be naming the team, like, on a Thursday. And he'd be like, number 15, Gareth Thomas. Number 14, Mark Jones. Number 13, Tom Shanklin. Number 12, Number 12. <laughs> Nigel, is it? James Hook. James Hook, number 12. <laughs> he would forget in his head what the team was. He'd have to ask Nigel Davis. Yeah. <laughs> so your name just rolled off the tongue. Yeah, but, after, yeah. but after that, he forgot everyone. He'd call me Jim. Um, <laughs> Jim Shanklin, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got, uh, anyone else got any questions? You don't have to. We got one from Tim Payne. If uh, you can, someone put your hand up in a minute. Tim Payne's actually tweeted us. And any questions for Lowell, we said. And he said, as he got his tools. <laughs> Can you, can you, what does he mean by that? I think it's something to do with a famous speech or sort of pre-match talk or something. No, I, I, you know, <laughs> you still like a little bit of inspiration. You never quite know what to say to rugby players, you know, when you're about to go out because you've been captain for 10 years and, you know, same old shit every week. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you say? Turn. What do you say? On, lads. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes when the games are huge, you have to say very little, you know, like nothing. And then sometimes you walk into a changing room before a club game and everyone's messing around and you think, gee, we need to focus. So, 
you know, I used to say, have you brought your tools? You know, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a proper fight out there. In a, yeah, in, a, in, a, in, a, in certain positions. Fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're looking at me, what is he on about? As if we brought our tools. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, yeah. there's a fairly serious question here on Twitter oh, no. from oh, no. Philip Graves. Um, has the role of number eight changed since you retired? That's a bit serious. Not really, no. I mean, it's still, the, it's still the same, isn't it? No. I mean, we deci- we decide yet. whether the bats get the ball or not, really. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. And if they don't drop it, they get it, right? <laughs> they get caught behind the game line, they don't get it again, do they, for a little while? So, uh, no, I think, um, I think the, the, you know, I'm interested to, you know, now that I'm involved in, you know, we're all involved in, in commentating on the game. Oh, yeah, I do the, loads of TV. The relationship... <laughs> The relationship between the forwards and the backs, you know, I'd like to see in the middle of a game proper Barney going on between yeah. the number eight or the captain up front and the fly half buying going, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Because yeah. last time I just got up from a scrum, you know, I want the ball 50 yards ahead of me, you know, and I, we don't, I don't think we see enough of that, that proper aggro between, I tell you, you know, between teammates. Cause yeah, I dead right. As a number eight, I said Alex King, who I played with at, at WAS. You know, if if it didn't do our jobs, he would literally be shit screaming and shouting at you. And I'd like yeah. to see a little bit more of that from Owen Farrell or from, you know, the guys leading the team, just absolutely bollocking the forwards or vice versa if things go wrong. Nothing There was that. a, you know, Nick Abendanen who plays for Claremont now, but played for Bath for years. We were playing against Wasp, playing against you actually, Lowell, towards the end of your career, right at the beginning of mine. Um, and uh, <laughs> anyway, playing, and I, and I, was, I was captain in Bath that day because there were like 38 injuries. And... Um, <laughs> Inspirational, and we hammered them. I think at twelve eleven, and um, Nick, Nick, it was raining and it was wet. It was Ming and Dave. It was perfect because I was, you know, was, uh, I was playing against Payne and we had quite a nice time together and whatever, and um, kept warm. And Nick Abendanen would just used to try stuff. He was like, "Well, I'm going to get the ball. I'm just going to try stuff because he's a genius." And there was stuff he could do that no one else could do. But when you chip the ball, when you do a little chip and chase on your own twenty-two, it, it's it's almost never worked unless it's a game of sevens. So he did it once, and then he did it twice. And at half time, I said, right, that's the end of the chip and chase on our own half. It doesn't happen again. So about five minutes into the second half, he did it again, about 25 yards out, just outside our 20. He went for a chip and chase. And I think it was like Voicey or someone. Someone caught it and went in under the posts. And there's this picture of like, whoever's taking the conversion. I think it might have been Sips taking the conversion for Wasps. And there are two Bath players who haven't gone back under the posts so you got all the Bath players under the posts and you got Sips kicking the goal with a guy wait, with a water bottle waiting for his tea. And about 20 yards behind him, you've got me and I've got Nick Abendanen by the windpipe. I said, do that again, you little shit. I'll break your fucking neck. <laughs> that was it. That was captaining. That's how you do it. I wasn't captain the next week. We've got a question on from Daniel Cure on Twitter. Like, what was your playing weight? He's asked how much weight have you lost since retiring, but you probably... Me? me. Well, actually, um, since you are... <laughs> well, the playing weights have changed. I, I mean, I was, I was a big Peter Winterbottom idol. That was He was my sort of guy that I was like obsessed by watching growing up. He was 15, stone seven when he played for England. Amazing. Hard yeah. as nails. Nails, yeah. um, You know, you move forward. I actually played metrically 110 kilo, I don't know, 17, stone four, something like that. Nowadays, the guys are, what... Well, I mean, what are, what's well, I was, with, I was with Billy Vrinopola last week, and he's lost he, a bit of timber because he's, he's been injured. He's doing a lot of running, and he said he's 130 on a good day, more like 135 kgs, which is 20, 22, 25, yeah, 21 listen, and a half stones. And I, and I'm not being, I'm, you know, I'm not having a whinge here about the old days and how we used to play compared to how it is now. But it, it's, it was more of a running game. You, you knew 
that and you know more you'd more likely have to play 80 minutes as opposed to 50 or 60 yeah so you know because that we wouldn't empty the whole bench you might bring on a couple of players so aerobically you'd have to you couldn't be carrying that sort of weight you know you'd have to be aerobically fit yeah. uh well some of us had to be anyway no we were very very fit um <laughs> and naturally lean but i i went playing against just playing against uh Saris and Census Johnston had signed for Saris and he was in a big bloke but he might not have had a six pack but he was in great shape unbelievable athlete and after the game we I put I had a load of mates in that team so I got a couple of cans and went into the Saris changing room and all those sort of pre-match weights are up on the board and I remember I was weighing in about yeah I was like (laughs) 120 125 and they're all lying 120 125 something and I was quite a big loose head and Census was 148 kilos you know and you're like that is the average weight, the average weight, no joke, of a silverback gorilla in the wild is 150. <laughs> so with his with his fucking boots on, no wonder he snapped me, snapped my back in half. But it was like just enormous. They're enormous. And that guy, um, Uini Atonio, who plays for France, plays for La Rochelle, the So we did this thing over with Latelli last year, and it wasn't part of the feature. But he walked into the room, and I was like, if we tell him it's for TV, he'll just do it because I and he won't know. So I was like, film this, and. People always say the 20 stone, the 21 stone. And at that point, I mean, I was a, a bit bigger then. But I was like, I'm, I'm 21 and a half stone and I could fit in his coat pocket. Like, he is enormous. We weighed him and he was 6'6 and 26 stone. And this guy, yeah, but he's not there for his scrumming. He's there for his running. Like He's there for his ball carrying. I mean, just fucking enormous. You know, enormous. Um, any more questions before we, we... Yeah, we've got one down in front. Talking about weight and uh, being in the front row, like Trevor Leota. And he played for Boston. I mean, he was a he was a big, big hooker, but very mobile, great hands. What, what did he? You talking about the Ewok from Star Wars? <laughs> Trevor Leota, the Ewok. Yeah. What was that? No. What was it? What was Trevor Leota, species wise? He, he, he was the Ewok from yeah. Star Wars, without yeah. a doubt. Beachawawa. Uh, but well, didn't didn't your fitness coach move in with him as you were making KFC a run for the had run out of chicken or not? To be fair, I did. <laughs> I, I went to Mackie D's and we had a night out with the, the sun, is it, or the rising sun or whatever it is or something up here after we played you guys and I had a night out with Trev and I people think I'm making it up. I, he had five Big Macs at McDonald's, one portion of chips he was cutting down, but he snuck it. He snuck in a bottle of JD and it was new because I remember it cracking when he opened it and he drank it like Diet Coke. This is a pro player. A, a, little, a little word on, on Trevor Leo because... Amazing player. Scored a lot of tries as well, didn't he? <laughs> Made just an amazing player. I yeah. mean, a, 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 a cult hero, actually, of, yeah. the, ga- of the game of rugby. I mean, uh, Willie Offengawi, all right, it was a big, oh, big yeah. unit. He, he tackled him for Samoa against Australia. Willie Offengawi was stretched off the field of play. Now, Willie Offengawi was one of the biggest, hardest rugby players that played you know, in the Ever. Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Stretched yeah. off by Trevor. Uh, anyway, we we our, our fitness coach um, Bobby uh, Paul Stridgen, who now is one of the you know one of the legends of fitness. He's the man. He's yeah. the man. When he first came down, he was a sort of a, he, he was a YTS student from Wigan, and we I used to have a whip round the changing room to pay him like a few quid just so he could stay for another week, really. And we moved him in with Trevor just to keep an eye. He was like on Trevor watch, yeah, just, Trevor just, watch, just, yeah, just to keep an eye on what carb he, watch, what, what Trevor was was uh, was eating. And I mean, Trevor, unfortunately, things unravelled a little bit for him. And the 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 week of the Heineken Cup semi final against Munster, we're playing over in in Lansdowne Road, and his wife um, had obviously had enough, and she upped and left, took the kids back to New Zealand. And I remember doing the doing the team talk in the in the changing room before we ran out in front of fifty five thousand fans. I said, Trev. We are your family now. 
I said, we are the only family you have. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't even like you. (laughs) Anyway, we went out. We we gave away the first, Wasps gave away the first 18 penalties of the game. (laughs) Trev gave away 12 on his own. (laughs) (laughs) Alex King goes, you might have overcooked that time. (laughs) Do you ever remember remember playing against Bristol and his hit against Ross Beattie? It's a bit niche, I know that. If you can find it on YouTube, it is the single most grisly hit I've ever seen because Ross Beattie was number eight for Bristol. There's a kick chase going on, and Trev, he went too quick on the old kick chase, you know. A pretty easy to avoid in an open space because he's the size of a terraced house. So it's like you can get, you can see him coming, but Ross Beatty thinks, this is my moment. I'm going to run over this guy and show him what strength really is. And it was absolutely horrific. But it's amazing, so have a look. Uh, we'll no take, one died, so have a look. We'll take uh, one more question. We'll end on one. Yeah, that's a quick hand. That's a good there. one. Yeah. Qu- oh, it's you, Paul. Oh, that's, a, that's a big hand. It is yeah. a big hand, yeah. Did Owen Farrell underestimate Scotland? Just Owen Farrell? Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> Do players really give a monkey's what well, someone says? It, well, in listen, if, if you want to know about Owen Farrell, okay, um, other than the fact that my son Enzo said to me, uh, Dad, is that Owen Farrell? Because he used to babysit for us, all right? And, he, and uh, he's, Enzo turned the TV on a little while ago and went, Dad, Owen Farrell won't be babysitting anymore. I went, no, 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 he won't be. No, no. <laughs> But he's up his alley. I, right, I, like. I think it's I think it's I think it's Saracens. They uh, they they uh, they got everyone in a room and they said, right, those who want to win, go and stand on that side of the room. Those who want to create memories in their rugby career, go and stand on that side of the room. And everyone went to the memory side, apart from Owen Farrell, who just all he's interested in is winning. All right, he's he's probably been hearing the calls inside his um, inside his mum's tummy. He's an absolute winner, mate. Love him to bits. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what? Well, yeah, look at that hug. <laughs> Um, Lol just gave me a hug by the way yeah. um, big it's a, it's a man hug, we're yeah. lions you see we're lions so we just walk past each other and have that for nod for 10 minutes you know, yeah, it's the look in it for 10 minutes that wink that special bond we share um, as I was stretching off alright Lol <laughs> Lol I just scored I said I just scored can move the mask off him I just scored can you sign this to me quickly <laughs> can I have a shirt 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 him your shirt what about me uh, but anyway, anyway, that wraps up uh, our live podcast with Guinness, with London Pride with Fullers. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for Cheers, purchasing guys. tickets. Um, Cheers, guys. You've been absolutely amazing. Put your hands together for Lord Salalio. Cheers, Lord. Well done, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.